the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're a financial educational radio talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM designed to give you helpful information and financial news that may impact your financial life, whether you're working or you're already in your retirement years. And we are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is an Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm, a fee-based planning firm. We're known for traditional financial planning number crunchers. We're not investment advisors, but we help people solve problems, use the opportunities um, in the complicated tax code and help people with the questions that they face, which is one is kind of a universal is, do you have enough? Do you have enough to retire? Do you have enough that you're not going to outlive your money? Um, and that's true of people working and knowing um, what's it going to take to fund the retirement lifestyle I want. And sometimes people already in retirement aren't really sure what they can realistically afford to spend on the discretionary and addressing financial challenges that people face or the worries that they have in coming down to helping people, timing of Social Security, and lots of other issues, which we'll talk about on the show. We are also A-rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau. We're also Super Service Award winners on multiple years on Angie's List. And we've been around again for more than 34 years. And we also offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is different. Um, planning can benefit estates of many sizes. And if you come in for a consultation, we do some preliminary analysis to see if and how we can help you and talk about what the plan is. Um, we Again, I mentioned earlier, we don't do investments, but we do look at your assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency. And a lot of times people don't realize what growth rate do you need to be okay and do all the spending you want to. And incorporating that with how do you create the cash flow you need as tax efficiently as possible. Um, and we offer that free consultation. Stay tuned to some of our planning class or our next planning class. We're coming up next week. So make sure you listen or go to the website at financialfoodforthought.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. I also wanted to remind people, and I'm going to try to do this more often on our show. Um, we do have the podcast on WHK Radio, and I'm going to work to get a link on our website um, where you can hear previous shows on different topics that we're doing. And you can go to financialfoodforthought.com for information or f- to schedule a free consultation or call the office at 440-239-2090. Again, that's 440-239-2090. All right. And this is Mark Daly, and that's Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. Carrie, I just want to mention, yeah, about the podcast. Um, right. For example, every month we usually... 
you know, what we've been doing this year, we've been highlighting on a certain topic over the four shows of the, of the month that we're doing on the radio. For example, March, we were doing tax plan, you know, income tax season. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there was a lot of talk about the, uh, the, the refund conspiracy and, mm-hmm. and the new tax form and, and, you know, all the, and how you got to look at those 1099 R's and make sure right. They're, they're right and stuff like that. And then in, uh, April, we were kind of concentrating on the real estate, the home mm-hmm. buying selling season. Um, now well, in February, we did the Encore Careers because a lot of times people want to stop working. They come in for consultations and say, well, I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. I'm ready to do something different. I don't want to stop working. But how much do I have to earn over how many amount of years? Right. I mean, and that's the value of it. It's a great example of how we look at planning. Right. So now coming into May, we're going to, you know, it's kind of the wedding season. Right. So, Carrie, are you one of the two million uh, who are going to be participating in a wedding this year at all? No. No. I don't think so. No. Uh, I certainly am. Okay. Um, My kids certainly are. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So it's... uh, so we'll talk, you know, know, you know, and, and, you know, so we'll talk a little bit about weddings. And it was, are you planning a wedding? In other words, are you trying to budget for a wedding? Mm-hmm. If, have you forgot to, if you're, if your uh, kids are a little bit younger, have you forgotten to budget in future weddings? Or Sometimes. do you want to budget in future wedding? Are something... you and your spouse on the same page about what you're going to contribute not. <laughs> to a, a wedding? So sometimes we have that conversation. Um, also though, you know, we're, we, you know, we're going to be talking about long-term care, you know, so well, that's the, a big issue. So it's kind of from the, you know, from the altar to the grave, so right. to speak, right? Because a lot of th- times I think the baby boomers feel that they're in this sandwich generation, mm-hmm. meaning they're dealing with their children and maybe planning marriages and the Helping families them, right, and, and that. grandkids, but also, yeah, certainly Especially if you're faced with a nursing home or caring for an aging parent, right? It's a huge issue, right? And 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 a lot of times that's where we see in our clients when, as much as maybe they hadn't even thought about their own long term care planning yet, right? By seeing what their parents go through or what they have to do to get their parents through that process, mm-hmm. it makes them start thinking about their own, right? You know, and. and uh, Oh, and Mark, okay. what was the statistics last week you had on the on the financial quiz? I can't remember, but at what percentage of people go into a nursing 70% home? Seventy percent, they're saying. Yeah, um, well, they'll remember. need some type of convalescent care. Yeah, that's a pretty high statistic. And and basically, the older you are, there's probably a greater chance right. that you'll and need I it. And I think about yeah, uh, you know, have you planned for that? Do you know? I mean, for some people, it can be devastating. And there's not just a one size fits all solution to that problem. Right, and we'll, and we'll be talking a little bit more, um, you know, and, and the class that we're doing this week, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's a section on that, you know. Because right, that's you could devote a whole class, so you're just going to do yeah. a little part. Um, and, you know, we'll be going over, you know, what are the seven or eight possible solutions to deliver? Right. You know, a lot of times people just think there's just maybe one option. Well, I'm I mean, not going to buy long-term yeah, insurance. It's, it's like, too expensive. Yeah. Well, no, there's other ways to look yeah, at it. Yeah, that's one of the eight options, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, at least six or seven. Uh, there could be a, a seven or eight, depending on, you know, your circumstances. So, yeah, it's just not the one solution. The idea is of, the, and I'm not sure if the final solution is out there. Right. Because it's a problem. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, we'll talk about some of those numbers as well. But let's see. What else is going on? Um, well, you know, it, it was, again, a, a busy financial week. Um, 
Still a lot of mixed signals in the markets, right, Isn't Carrie? It been, yeah, it's been mixed signals for a while. Um, and, you know, again, like I said, in April we were talking about, um, you know, just the idea that, um, you know, the home, you know, that a lot of people were projecting there would be a good home buying season or home selling season, depending on which side of the transaction you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just some now we're getting some statistics, you know, so again, kind of kind of uh, mixed signals. Right. So here. um so here's one article, U.S. pending home sales rose 3.8% in March. Okay. Okay. Um, now here's, you know, now here here in, in speaking about April, weekly mortgage applications dropped 4.3% despite lower interest rates. So again, kind of mixed signals, right? right? Um, you see one article says, okay, we, you know, we had the U.S. consumer spending roared back, okay, and, you know, uh, you, you know, uh, increased by the most in more than nine and a half years in March, you know, as households stepped up purchases of motor vehicles. Um, you know, so a lot of people saying, you know, but I've heard other, I've seen other, you know, stories about how companies are planning on laying off and, and, you know, that the, there's some, you know, we had that good GDP report last right. week, it's right? because of the robots. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, a lot, the robots. but a lot of people say that GDP report is false. You know, it's, it's a mixed signal because of the, the way the inventories were, were built up, you know, in, 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 in anticipation of a China trade war, right? And which really and, have you heard much on that? Other other than mixed signals, you, right? You know, I was going to say mean, there's no really consistency you know, of what's well, going like, on. Apparently, with that. they're coming over here ne- that soon, right? Right, but there's no like there's I, no so resol- it's like munitions going over there, and then they're coming back but over here. But I don't here see and, any solutions in sight. Well, I mean, the, all I keep hearing is say, you know, Trump's got to do something, right? Even if it's just says it says he can do it, you know. Even if it's nothing that is is what he pr- promoted it was going to be. Right. If if he lets China, if they if they if this walks away with no resolution, no deal, that's going to be a problem. Um, Maybe this is the art of his deal. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. Maybe this people, is part of the game. Um, a lot of people believe that. Um, now, now the other thing too is, um, you know, the the Federal Reserve they kind of sent myth mixed signals to us this year. Remember in December, they were still raising rates. Then they, <laughs> I mean, then they said they were not going to. Yeah. Then they, well, then they said that maybe, and then they, then they totally reversed at the beginning of this year, right in the middle where we had a government shutdown, you know, and all that. And then they kind of came out, remember? And, 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 they, and, and so they were speaking this week and prior to the um, Fed meeting, remember Trump came out and he wanted, you know, he, and he's putting as much pressure as he can <laughs> For you know, he wants the feds to cut rates again, right? Okay, um, not you know, not only to stop raising them, to start cutting them because mm-hmm. again, you know, the idea is that we have no inflation. So if there's no inflation, why you know, you know, do you know why not cut rates and and keep expand keep this you know stock market rolling, keep the mm-hmm. you know, expansion going, and and you know, so Trump is saying, yeah, you, you know, what did he say here? Um, he wanted uh, the central bank to cut interest rates by one percentage point. Ooh, that's a lot. Um, you know, saying that if monetary policy in the U.S., um, you know, in, in a two-part tweet, the president compared the Fed to its China counterpart and said if a monetary policy in the U.S. Um, was looser, the economy would go up like a rocket. Okay. Um, so, but of course, you know, the, the Feds do not bow to Trump and 
Chairman Powell did not say anything about, uh, you know, slashing rates. No, I think rates. they just need to do what they're <coughs> good me. at. Um, but he did say that they're not gonna, likely to um, raise rates anytime soon. Okay. Um, now, Federal Chairman Jerome Powell said, U.S. inflation is possibly being dragged down by transitory forces, and there is no bias to either tighten or ease monetary policy. What's transitory forces? I, uh, does anybody I, know what I that is? I would like to know what do they mean by that. Nobody that's knows. A, that's, that's some, that, like, that, vague term. That, everyone was like, what is he talking that's about? That's like that term someday that will happen. Um, you know, inflation is tran. What does that mean? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, are they, are they that are smart, Are they that Karen? vague? I don't know. That's are, pretty vague. Are they that? You know, the question is, is that deliberate? Are the federal are the people running the Fed that smart that they know how to do their job so that the U.S. will never have a recession again? You know what? I would hope so. I don't know that that's the case, but I that, don't think it's ever happened right, in an but economic I'm just saying, uh, would that history. Not be terrific. Right. And, you know, this is the longest U.S. expansion. And we hear it's different this time. And we <laughs> hear that there's no recession in sight. Right. Okay. So are you in that camp? Do you think that they've successfully figured it out that U.S. would be the first, I assume, major economic country that was, says we've solved the recession cycle? Maybe. I don't um, know. I think politicians will somehow or elections will um, screw that up. You know, you know, you know, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we will have another U.S. Okay. recession. Uh, because, again, what you're saying, I think it's just globally. I just don't know if. And then when the politicians get involved, yeah, everything's off the table. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, the, you know, and, and the other thing, too, is to, you know, speaking with the Fed, they're already looking at new ways to, you know, uh, to control the markets or control mm-hmm. the monetary policy, I guess, is a better, you know, t- you know, terminology. Um, so have you heard of this, Gary? Federal Reserve officials are considering a new program that would allow banks to exchange treasuries for reserves, a move aimed at ensuring liquidity during difficult times that also would help the central bank decrease the size of its nearly $4 trillion balance sheet. Hmm. Do you know no. what they're talking about? No. Does anybody understand what they're talking about? I would guess very few people. But, I, I you know, but are they... they do, th- good for you. Are they that smart that they're already figuring out a way that, you know, that that they, you know, they're looking at other ways that, you know, they can try to manipulate the the monetary policy to to stimulate it without right. the problems that stimulation is called well, before. Well, as much as reason. I'm an optimist, you still have to be cautious in what is that, you know, hope for the best but plan for the worst. Well, and that gets back to the idea, you know, are you building a plan R, you right. know, uh, for the recession? In other words, are you saying that, are you in the camp that thinks that, um, we could, and, and, and it may be a bear market because mm-hmm. this is also, also the longest bull run in market history, right? Um, so it, it could be the idea that, you know, it, it's, you know, do you think that an economic downturn could uh, appear in, let's say, in the next two to three years? Mm-hmm. Or are you in the camp that says you don't think it's going to happen to maybe five or six more years? Or are you in the camp that says it'll never happen again? Right. Okay. I don't know how many people are in that last camp. Right. Right. So you're in the one of the first two. Well, our position is if you're in the first one uh, that thinks that perhaps it could happen in the next two to three years, then we recommend and we recommend for our clients that we model that into their plan. 
and see is that going to make a big impact? Do they need to make an adjustment? Right. Or what if they're wor- what if you're worried about there uh, worried about that happening and it really is not going to affect the longevity of your plan at all? I mean, that's what planning does. I came across a co- quote this week talking about and I've heard this many times, so I'm sure our listener had, but it's talking about planning is bringing the future into the present so you can do something about it now. And that's what even financial planning is and saying, am I worried about this thing? Do I know what I can spend? Can I retire? Right. And regardless of what goes on globally, people want to know, how is that going to impact me? Um, I'm watching my company downsize and I'm concerned. Am I going to be able, you know, I'm tra- starting to wonder if I'm going to have a job. I've been here for 30 years. 25 years, or I'm probably never going to be able to find a job at this point in my life that I'm going to be making the same level. So maybe I'm worried and I want to see that scenario or Or because of health issues or maybe a health issue of a parent. We've had people that say, hey, can I afford to retire because I'd like to help my family? Sometimes they have to retire. Or a spouse or a parent. And looking at because really that'll be part of our long term care discussion, right? Regardless of what's going on, you know, it's how what and the the financial plan allows you to model in whatever scenario you want to and how that's going to impact your numbers, your future taxes, your future future spending, right? And and this is and really, you know, the models have gotten so sophisticated. That's why our parents didn't use models because they weren't around. They weren't invented yet. They had to use those old rules, you know, right. the, the general rules because they, they couldn't, you know, they didn't have computer models. But they models. also didn't have debt. Well, they didn't know. have, they, they, um, they had pensions. They maybe. had pensions. They sometimes, sometimes they had health care. Cost of living increases and they didn't pay for health care. It was a, it, it was a different scenario. Yeah, a lot then of times too. Was, that was a, a retiree benefit. So you that, know, those times have changed. And I wanted to remind people, we have a class coming up. It's next Tuesday. It's an evening class in Independence, right at 77 in Rockside. It is our retirement planning class for people who are already retired or if you're thinking about your future retirement years. And we're talking about those retirement rules that are often misused, misunderstood, and which rules you may not want to follow anymore. We're going to talk about um, the tax law changes and why it's important to understand those different thresholds and understanding the opportunities that exist um, and potential problems and traps, financial disruptors, long-term care. We're going to talk about worries about rising health care costs, inflation, market volatility, factors on um, when you need to consider of what I'm going to, ha- will I have enough, timing of Social Security, all these issues, details are on the website. You can register online for this free class. We do have a workbook for all attendees. We will have refreshments and um, some snacks. So if you want to come out, it's next Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock in Independence. Um, you can register online at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com or call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. We will give you a call back on Monday morning. Right. And you'll listen to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. State planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And a lot of those plans, we go ahead and build a plan R. Mm-hmm. And just, it, what if? You know, we, and, and especially, Carrie, if you're in the camp that thinks the possible economic downturn could appear in the next two to three years, and you're also planning on retiring in that same right, time Right, because on one of those quizzes... That is the worst time for an economic downturn right. in the year you retire. And, you know, if you come to the class this uh, on Tuesday, we, we, we go through that, you know, the, the tales of the lost decade, right, where, you know, that, that killed so many 
retirees' plans, you know, when we had those two huge, you know, drops in the market, one in 2000 and the second one in 2008, that ruined a lot of retirement plans. You know, people who are planning retiring, you know, that year or just retired and that hit, that downturn happened. And some of those people ended up having to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, now. But wouldn't so, it be nice to know, though, if I had to go back to work, maybe I don't have to work full time right. or maybe I don't have I could do something I like. But that's the idea of modeling it in. In other words, you're saying, OK, if it does, if I'm planning on retiring in 2021 and, and what if we do have an economic downturn in 2021, am I still going to be OK? Mm-hmm. In other words, what the idea of the model is to say it it does it, it, it some yeah, it affects your life that year, I guess, but more mm-hmm. importantly, how does it affect the longevity of your plan? Right. See, that's what most people don't know to begin with. If they don't have a formal written plan, they don't really know where they're supposed to be in ten years or fifteen years well, or twenty years. And I think the free consultation will also show you we do a preliminary analysis, it's certainly not as much detail, but just people are very surprised in twenty years where their estate is. Sometimes people are coming short, but a lot of times people, based on their spending, inflation, taxes, various growth rates, they're like, how did I get there? And we say, well, think about where you were 10 years ago, 20 years right. ago. But it's hard did, to do yeah, in Did your you ever head. think you were going to have the size of wage that you have today or if you're still working? The other thing, too, is by my modeling that in, it also leads to a discussion of your cash reserve. Because it's hard to time. I'm not saying you can time it when that recession is going to hit. A lot of people thought it was going to happen in 2016. A lot of people thought it was going to happen in 2017. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought it was going to happen in 2018. Right. A lot of people thought it was going to happen in 2019. Now I've heard There was a whole lot of people who think it's going to happen in 2020. But now there's a group that's saying, well, maybe not 2020, maybe 2021. You, know, you get my point. But the idea is, you know, is that you also then forces you to review your cash reserve, because if you're not going to try to time it, then the idea is, do you have enough of a cash reserve to cover the gap of what you would need to pull from your nest egg to support your other fixed income in retirement to cover your spending needs? Mm -hmm. Because the idea is you may want to keep a cup, you know, now it's different when you're working, right? Because you got that paycheck coming in regardless of what's happening with the stock market, right? But it's different when you're retired, okay? So, you know, a lot of people don't want to sell their stocks when they're low. Right. Okay. Um, Or they don't want to panic that way. So the idea is saying, okay, that's why we model it in and say, okay, do you have an, now we're also, you know, the bigger part is how much are you planning on spending over the next 24 months? And then figuring out how much of that spending has got to come out of investments, how much you got to withdraw if you don't, if you're not one lucky enough to have a pension in retirement, Right. right? And because that, you also want to watch those thresholds. Are you pulling out more money? Are you going to, going to throw you over the Medicare B premiums where that's going to go up? Right. Are you going into another tax bracket? So that's why the spending comes for, is important because you want to create the income you need to cover your spending or use opportunities when you're in a very low tax bracket. Right. So that's the idea of saying, so the cash reserve is saying, okay, I need enough of my cash reserve that I can, you know, make, I have a flexibility that if I, I'm not going to put off the, you know, uh, riverboat cruise because we're having a recession because I've already planned that I know the next recession isn't affecting the longevity of my plan in the long run. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt it, but not ruin it. Right. Um, but also I've got enough of a cash reserve that I'm, I don't have to sell my stocks low to pay for the boat trip because I've got my cash reserve.
So it's it's that combination. That's what gets you the peace of mind that says, okay, that's why you do financial planning. Mm-hmm. It's not that the, you know. It's not the idea that you build a financial plan once and put into the sock drawer for thirty years, right? You know, the idea. You know, and and I get it. You know, all models are wrong, Gary, mm-hmm. right? But some are useful. Right. The, the 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 point is the fin- learning the the financial planning process is where you start learning that you, you always have a plan that's based on your latest best assumptions going forward, right? You know, based on conservative. And realistic assumptions, right? And the idea is reality replaces one of those assumptions. You know how to go in and manipulate your plan. Right. It's much easier once you have a plan built to manipulate those different variables. Um, So now speaking of, you know, recessions and bear markets and all the bad things that can happen. How about, Carrie, you know, going to May? Should you just sell in May and go away? Sell in May and go away. Now you know you've heard that strategy. No, you, I haven't. You haven't. Oh, Carrie, it's 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 one of the most compelling out there. I've never heard that. Okay, uh, well, you've heard us talk. You know, we've talked about the dogs of the, the Dow. Right. And, right. You know, we've talked about trenders and candlesticks. Heck, I still remember the client who came in. It was it was a decade or two ago when he came in, and because when he was a new client, we was asking, well, how are you choosing your allocation? And you know how many? And he goes, oh, I I I base it on a book I've. I've got. I go. Oh, really? And I, you know, I thought it was like you know, random walk down Wall Street or something. No, it was it was a book on the tides. Oh, okay. So he brought. And I go. I'm going. I'm going. Really? I haven't seen that book. So he brought it in. Right. It was a little paperback, maybe 200 pages, and it was all based on investing in the stock market based on how the tides are in the full moons. And believe me, the graphs were very... Did it work? <laughs> they laid the graph over the stock market, over the, the graph of the, of the full moon and the tides. Right? It looked like it, was, it matched it. Oh, hmm. It was so crazy. But, I mean, the point is, yeah, I, there is no magic solution. Believe me, right. we're not here to tell you what, you know, allocation. That's between you and your investment advisor, right? right? But, it's, it, but it is interesting. What I'm interested in is how many people are going to follow, you know, the sell in May and go away. So it's just, the, the idea, Carrie, is, is that there's a lot of people that believe that you should not own stocks, you know, between May, um, you know, uh, like May to, uh, let's see, um, like May to October. Really? Hmm. Okay. In other words, and then you own stocks between November to April. Hmm. Like if you split the year. Okay, so that that's a concept of sell in May and go away, you know, to get away from the summer doldrums and then get back in before you have the Santa Claus rally and all that stuff. Okay, and, you know, it's the numbers are pretty startling. Okay, Um, so if you look at. um, okay, so if you look at the history of this. And U.S. equity, so, you know, they're looking at U.S. equity indexes, right? Okay, so over five years, Carrie. Okay. Over the last five years, May to October is average four point three one. Okay. November to April five point five three. Okay. Okay. How about ten years? Okay. May to October three point eight six. Mm-hmm. November to April eight point six seven. Hmm. Okay. Um, how about twenty years? Okay. Okay. But it's different. May to October, 0.55. Okay. November to April, 4.89. Hmm. 
Hmm. How about 50 years? Okay. Okay. May to October, 0.31. November to April, 7.56. Is there any correlation there? Hmm. Interesting. All time, May to October, 2.08. November to April, 5.13. But no professional will ever recommend this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, Carrie, you just said it. Why don't they recommend it this year? Because it's, it's different this different time. This time. And I was going to say, well, I thought the rule was you don't time the market. Um, right. And, you know, so, so now, um, but because you've already looked now, if you just look for January through April of this year, the numbers are staggering. Okay. You know, the Dow Jones up 14%, the NASDAQ up 22%, the S&P 500 up 17.5%. Wow. Okay. Um, and so should you just sell now and go away? You've made your 5% for the year, haven't you? Hmm. Okay. Um, but how about if you, were, if you followed that strategy starting last November? So let's say you were out and then you jumped back in last November, November 18. And now you're going to sell at the end of April, right? Because now you're going away in May. So how? So what are we doing there? Well, from November 18 to April of 19, the Dow Jones up 5.88%, the NASDAQ up 10.81%, and the S&P 500 up 8.63%. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, it, it's, it's maddening, right, Carrie? Because it seems like that's a pretty strong, uh, you know, trend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as, you know, all the, you know, you'll always hear that it's different this year and, and you can't time the market. You know, I'm just wondering, especially with that huge run up in this first, you know, four months of this year, if there's not going to be some people who are selling in May and going away. Mm-hmm. It, it just drives me crazy, Gary. Is it, is it, is it, is it too early to, to start Cinco de Mayo? I think I need a margarita <laughs> looking at this. Um but anyway, so we'll we'll see, and and none of those frozen millennial margaritas. Yeah. Here. Just give me the on the rocks, you know, with the salted rim. Go ahead, Carrie. So what? All right. When I want to remind people, you can take advantage of a free consultation that we offer. We can do consultations by phone or in person. We have our home offices in Middleburg Heights, but we have offices around the greater Cleveland area, and we have been helping people around Greater Cleveland for more than 34 years now through unbiased objective advice and analysis. And we also believe firmly in coordination of advisors and working together, whether it's your accountant, your tax preparer, the attorney, and the investment professional or the investment advisor. And you can take advantage of our free consultation or come out to our retirement planning class on May 7th at 6 o'clock in Independence. You can register online or contact us at 440 439-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So one of the things that um, we'll be talking about at the class um, is the 50-30-20 rule. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not familiar with that, come to the class or come in for a consultation. Now, you know, we're also, you know, we're going into kind of grad season here too, Carrie, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want any, if you're looking to give any financial advice to your recent college grad, if you could get them to follow the 50, 30, 20 rule, all all that they're going to have is the best retirement ever. 
right? And by the way, the 50-30-20 rule doesn't matter how much your annual income is. That's what surprises most people. It works just as fine for someone who's making $50,000 a year, you know, a middle-class income, right, these mm-hmm. days, or someone who's making, you know, uh, $200,000 a year, okay? Because the whole point of it is it's, it's the idea that you are not spending everything you're making. In other words, you are limiting the cost of your living so that you're not sacrificing your savings. And by starting that early, that's where the compound interest saves you in retirement. Okay. Now it's a, it's a, it's, it, you know, it's very simple. You know, the, what, so let's go through the numbers, Carrie. Okay. The 50% is, you know, you take your gross pay. So 50% of it, you spend on your mandatory expenses, mandatory, like daily living expenses. Okay. That's food, housing, health insurance, taxes, things like that. Okay. The 30%, your next p- p- uh, spending 30% is for your discretionary. Okay. That's entertainment, going out to dinner, travel, hobbies, things like that. Gifting, things like that. Okay. All right. Then the 20% is what you're saving. Okay. Now, that's the tough part. Okay. All right. Because, you know, you've always heard, hey, at least try to save 10% of your pay, right? Right. But can you save 20% of your pay? Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but we're just saying if you can start that, and maintain that and and train yourself to stay within that, you're going to have a golden retirement, right? Um, Now, so in that 20% savings, you know, obviously, if you've got a company plan, you could do that, you know, pre-tax, so you're Mm -hmm. lowering your taxes, right? And especially, you know, if the company's got a match, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to turn away free money. Right. That'll help your, you know, investment averages, Mm -hmm. free money, right? But it doesn't have to just be that. It could also be um, non-qualified savings. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 we just talked about that cash reserve, right? So maybe you want to cash reserve before you start putting all your money in. You know, fifty nine and a half. You know, money, right? Okay. Or it could be Roth IRAs. You know, where you want to start a tax free wrapper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it doesn't matter where the twenty percent savings is going to. It's just the idea that can you save twenty percent. Now, obviously, you know, just to give you a quick example, you got a 24-year-old who's starting this. Mm-hmm. So let's say you've got a 24-year-old. Let's use 50000 Carrie, right? Okay. Um, and you come to class, you'll see these schedules. But, you know, so 50000 let's assume that he gets a 2% increase in cost of, you know, in pay raises okay. over his lifetime. Some years will be more, some years will be less. But let's say average 2% a year. Okay. Um, let's assume a 5% investment rate of return. Okay. All right. And let's assume that he wants to retire at age 67, his full retirement age for Social Security. Okay. So he's going to be working from 24 to 67, 44 years. Okay. Starting salary, 50000 By the time he's 67, that goes to 117000 I think that's, you know, conservative. Okay. All right. Um, he saves, you know, he, you know, and he saves 20% a year, 10000 a first year, right? Five percent rate of return. You know what his cumulus savings will be at age sixty-seven? Can no, you do that, Matthew? Two point one five eight million dollars. Nice. You think he's pretty good for retirement? Plus, he's going to add his Social Security onto that. I think so. I think so. All right. 
So everybody knows it works if you start that young, and that's that power of compounding interest. The question is, can the 50-30-20 rule save the 50-year-old who hasn't started saving yet for retirement? Maybe he needs more than 20% saved. Okay. Um, well, Which you know, I think it would be much harder at 50 if you have the set spending and responsibilities. And- well, let's say, okay, so let's say at 50, okay, Let's say the fifty, uh, the fifty-year-old. Let's say he's making a hundred thousand, either between okay. him or him and his spouse, right? So let's say they have a household income of a hundred thousand. Okay. All right. Um, two, you know, two middle minimum wage jobs, basically, or okay. you know, you know, fifteen-hour, you know, the new minimum wage. Okay, the living wage. You're not <laughs> the living to college. Wage. Um, now, so let's say he also wants to retire at sixty-seven. Okay. So he's only got eighteen years to go. Okay. All right. Can he do it? Well, you know, again, if he's now a hundred thousand, so now he's saving twenty. He's going to start saving twenty thousand a year. Hmm, seems a little more difficult than saving ten thousand a year, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he's still spending eighty, uh, the eighty uh, percent between living expenses and hobbies and discretionary. But if he can save twenty, we'll keep the five percent rate of return still going. Okay, now his cumulative savings at age sixty-seven will only be six hundred eighty-four thousand. But that may be enough because the idea is that if he could manage to, you know, keep in his lifestyle with that 80 percent of spending. Right. Because he's Mm -hmm. saving 20. If he could keep that level of spending, not cut it again, but just keep that level of spending when he's 67. Right. That would be about one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Okay, so he's got six hundred eighty four thousand to cover one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. In spending, okay. So now we can go to the you know use like the four percent rule, right? Mm-hmm. Because okay, so you know using Benjamin's four percent rule, assuming five percent rate of return, four percent withdrawal the first year, um, increasing that with the inflation, running it thirty years takes the you know he'll be sixty eight, takes him to ninety seven. That's probably long enough, okay. But now, so the first year nest egg withdrawal on the six hundred eighty four thousand is about twenty eight thousand, but you got to throw in now the two social securities, okay, okay, you know, and even even you just do one, uh, you know, earner and one spousal, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another you know forty eight, another twenty four, you know, forty eight thousand for the primary, another half spousal twenty four thousand. So he's looking at rough roughly about a hundred thousand dollars. Cash flow all growing with inflation because cost of living go your social security goes up cost of living and we built and Benjamin built in the inflation on your four percent withdrawal so that's a hundred thousand with inflation he's not too far to the ballpark of one hundred and twelve that he needs hmm. so perhaps it can the question is can the fifty thirty twenty rule save the sixty year old who mm. hasn't started saving that may be a little bit more difficult right. Regardless, those are the things the estate planning team can help you with. Um, We've been around again for more than 34 years. We offer a free consultation for anyone who wants help with issues. And we can help people whether you're working or already in retirement and uh, dealing with issues that may impact your long-term and longevity of your plan. We also work with your existing investment advisor or people ask, or some of our clients actually do their own investments. And what we do in the planning is say, what growth rate do you need to be okay? And then also, how do you create the income you need for your spending as tax efficiently as possible? And come out to also, you can come out and hear a little bit about the issues 
just general planning and strategies and concepts at our May 7th retirement class for people retired or thinking about retiring. Um, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Also, don't forget to go to whkradio.com and local podcast and you can hear some of our previous shows. All right. So wedding season, right, Karen? All right. I know I'm going to some wedding. I'm going to okay. one in May. I got a niece from going in May. I've got um You got a lot of nieces and nephews though, too. They're, and they're all the millennials. I was going to say they're all about that age. Um now the question is, you know, are the well, that's the big question. Are millennials getting married or are they ruining marriage, right? Hmm. Um Well, here's I've some... heard they're doing weddings very differently. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i've heard from some that's of our an understatement. clients i was gonna say some of our clients um all right 20 somethings putting off i do so here's a little article no so increasingly young couples are postponing their nuptials in the hopes of being more financially stable before taking the plunge okay so according to pew research the medium age for getting hitched is now 27 for women and 29 for men Okay, so they want to be fiscally responsible. That's not a okay. bad thing. Um, a stark contrast from 1960, when those numbers were age 20 for women mm-hmm. and 23 for men. Okay. Now, you know, of course, I had my 24-year-old millennial get married. Right. But I, my other 30-year-old millennial isn't married yet. Right. And the one in between isn't married yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now... So what's stopping the happy couples from walking down the aisle? Studies show climbing housing costs, insurmountable student debt, and stagnant wages are the main reasons that millennials would rather wait until they're more financially secure before getting married. I didn't know finding the right person. Right. Well, <laughs> apparently, you know, yeah. And what are they doing in between? Just living right. with each yeah, other? You know, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Now, um, so how much, you know, does it cost to get married? Well, it sure depends on what kind of wedding you want. Okay. So we we look at this every year, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so here's... um, All right. So here we go. The average cost of a wedding in 2019. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's do the... Are you talking about national? Yeah. Because that makes a huge difference. We'll start with the U.S. average. Okay. Okay. Any guesses, Carrie? U.S. average? Putting you on a spot here? I'd say 30 to 30. Very good, Carrie. Okay. 29858 okay. You're right there. Okay. So what's it in Cleveland? Mm, I would say less. Because okay. if you're taking, I'd say 20s, like mid-20s. 21,000. Okay. God, you know your weddings, mm. Carrie. 21782 Okay. Um. What's it? What's the most expensive town in the, in the country? You I think? would say somewhere in California, New York City would be New up there. New York City, of course. Okay, Manhattan. Any guesses there? F- up fifty six. Eighty eight thousand. Ooh, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. Um, now, um, how about California? You mentioned California, right? Um, but they're not actually second. You know what state's second? Florida. What? Really? I'm surprised. Southern Florida, fifty one thousand. Hmm. But then you get to the Californias, and there, you know, there's some cities here, Santa Barbara, you know, L.A. But they're all, you know, forty seven thousand. Okay. See, my daughter, my youngest daughter, and actually, I just found out. I think she's a Z generation. Okay. Because I think the Z, the the, the millennials end in nineteen ninety six. 
Okay. And my daughter was born in 1997. I got to ask her. So you have to ask how long, because then I have a Z. I didn't know what he was. He's in college. I didn't know he was a Z generation. So I got to ask my daughter if she considers herself a millennial or a Z generation. Hmm. Because um, she's right on the cusp, right? Um, now, her, I, you know, and, you know, that's, you know, but, but, but she's getting married to Mississippi, you know, my daughter. What? Well, she doesn't know that yet. Oh. But, but <laughs> Why because you know what the average cost in right. Mississippi is? Twelve thousand. Okay. Twelve thousand. There we go. Okay. Um, so, what's the average number of guests should you be inviting to the wedding you're I having think it for just your daughter? Depends on the size of your family and friends, and I think it depends on what the couple wants. So, what do you think it is across the country? Hundred. Hundred forty. Okay. Okay. So we're you know, close again. Um, or what? Or sometimes it's a matter of I know people planning with it is what you can afford. You know, and have to limit the guest list. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, well, that there's a lot. And like you said, the, the millennials are doing a lot of weird things with weddings these days. Uh-huh. Um, some of the things I've seen is, you know, two best men. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because if a girl Girls has Girls who best- are best men and, and guys who are bridesmaids or maid of honor, I right? should say. Not bridesmaid, maid right. of honor. Hmm. I've heard, you know. Okay. Um, I've seen all sorts of things. Um. But, you know, what you don't want to do is turn into a, a bridezilla, Carrie. No. Have you heard those stories? Yes. I've seen them on the internet. They're horrible. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yes. Um, well, you know what? I don't know if it was a new trend because I think it started before. But the couple's showers, like I can't imagine if I tried to make my husband to go to a wedding shower. He would have gone, but he would have hated that. <laughs> I don't, you know, now, I don't. I've been to a family shower. Okay. Where, but the couple showers, I know, I, is more I've, of a yeah, big thing. Yeah, I've never thing. been to a couple shower. Yeah, I know that's more of a thing. Um, But, you know, what, what, if you're the bride, don't make your guests perform days of manual labor right. working up to the wedding. Okay. Um, a woman posted a wedding she once attended where she, along with everyone else who was invited, not just, you know, best yeah. everyone else who was invited, was forced to do manual labor for four straight <laughs> days to make it happen. As soon as we get there, we were put to work literally landscaping the backyard for the wedding, she wrote, noting family members would come over to help. Um, lay sod, build walkways, plant flowers, trim bushes, <laughs> help build a gazebo. Um, when, and then she continued, when we weren't working outside, we were inside making food, ironing millions of tablecloths, napkins, making table toppers, okay, um... Oh, the, the the major time crunch, the team wound up working from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. to get everything ready. You mean 12 a.m.? I'm assuming. Well, well she's probably saying, yeah, she probably yeah. meant, she probably meant, you know. That's crazy. Oh, maybe not. Maybe people. 12 p.m. because okay. the wedding was maybe that day. Oh, that day? Oh, Lord. Okay. Goodness. Um, or I've and, heard of brides. And the worst part? Yeah. The bride helped with nothing. Oh, she okay. sat inside the air conditioning, scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest to find new ideas that she could I make to build outside for her. I can promise that, would, I, that I wouldn't be doing that. Everyone was slowly getting sick of the bride. Oh, I would agree. I've, I've... It sucked coming inside after laying a brick walkway to see her kick back, relaxing, and it sucked making Pinterest snacks while she barked orders from the table. Yeah, I would have. I, I would have walked out at some point. Um, on the day of the wedding, guests arrived at 5 a.m., to unload tables and chairs, then decorate them while the bride barked orders. Oof. Oof. Now, let me tell you, if I was the, if that was my uh, daughter-in-law-to-be, that would be uh, difficult. 
So you don't want to turn into a bridezilla. And those are the mild store. I've heard worse. Um, regardless of that, you know, we have clients where husband and wives are not on the same page with weddings and trying to come back to what can you afford because sometimes husband and wives have a little bit different issues and we can incorporate into the plan. And sometimes one spouse's idea of budget isn't in the cards or to create the income they need to do that is going to be cause even more taxes. And those are different issues that we look at. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation or come out to our May 7th planning class at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Right. So we'll be talking more about weddings through the month of May and more importantly, you know, how you need to budget for weddings, Mm -hmm. right? And how you fold that in to your, you know, financial plan. Um, And we'll have, and we'll continue that. But the the other thing, the number one, or not, well, one of the main retirement expenses that people are still not preparing for, Carrie, Mm -hmm. long-term care. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so why do we say that's such a crisis that's coming? Well, I mean, you just have to, you know, it, it, partly because, you, you know, everyone who is associated with this whole dilemma is struggling. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, it, you know, the we talk about the possible solutions. Mm-hmm. to the dilemma. You know, come to the class. We'll talk about those. You know, we can talk about, so, can you self-insure the cost? You know, mm-hmm. uh, we can talk about the legal solution. You know, that's the elder care attorneys, you know, working with the Medicaid and the veterans benefits, right? Um, maybe long-term care insurance, but that industry is in turmoil right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, how about the hybrid solution, you know, where, you know, you're buying a life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider. Those are getting more popular, mm-hmm. right? A little bit different spin on it. It's from the life insurance, not necessarily the long-term care insurance companies. They're, right. you know, two different things, right? How about the continuing care community solution, right? You, right. you know, you know, the idea that, you know, the, all these places are building up and, and, you know, the, but the pro, there's issues there, you know, there's a buy-in, you know, and then mm-hmm. sometimes and, and, it's a hefty price. Okay. Some people are holding their breath for a government solution, meaning, yeah, you know, hold you, know your breath. you know, that, you know, that's the only solution, you know, that, that, you know, we, we thought we had one. But with the, the government doesn't do things so well, so. Right. We thought we had one with the class act it was going to part of be Obamacare, but it was one of the first things yanked out of the Affordable Health Care Act. Right. Because they didn't fund it. But a lot of people think they're going to have to because there is no other solution. Right. Um, how about the reverse mortgage? You know, we'll, maybe we'll talk a little about reverse mortgages mm-hmm. um, in, in the coming weeks. And, and you know, because I get more and more questions about that. You know, Mark, are reverse mortgages good or bad? Well, it's it's not that they're good or bad. Right. It's, you know, it's another tool in the toolbox and it may be appropriate. It may not be appropriate, but a lot of misconceptions. So, Mm -hmm. so remind me, Carrie, I'm going to talk about, you know, reverse mortgages next week and, 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 and how, um, and, and maybe that is a possible, I'm not saying that may be your full solution to a, a, nursing home uh, expense in the future, mm-hmm. but it may be up help you get to the solution. Right. Right? I think my uh, favorite was with people who have vacation homes, that they're going to use their vacation home as a long-term care, that they'll sell the vacation home right. and use that. Right. That, that idea that, you know, some people say, well, I, you know, 
I can put, you know, I, I'm seeing what they, Mark, I'm seeing what they want for a long-term care insurance or, um, and if I add that premium up over, you know, 25 years of retirement, maybe before I need it, that's a substantial chunk of money. Right. So maybe I'd rather just, like you're saying, invest in Florida real, real, estate, you know, real estate or somewhere where it's and warm. I can and... enjoy that property with me mm-hmm. and my family. Right. And then if I turn up, I'm 85 years old and I don't need, and I still own two homes, you know, maybe, and I don't need both of them if I'm going into a long-term Nursing. care facility. So maybe I there's enough equity there. Um, or if I still have a spouse, can I sell one of them? So, you know, have you looked at what some of these uh, retirement community appreciations and some of these, you know, tax-free sunshine right. states? It's pretty substantial. But I'm saying sometimes you have to get creative for solutions. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, you know, so it, you know, it, it, it's those are, so we go through, you know, th- those at the class, we go through those possible solutions. And the idea is, are you just you know, sticking your head in the sand and saying, I'm not even going to deal with it because a lot of people today are, a lot of people today are doing it. They can't even get their heads around, you know, trying. I'm not, I'm not going. Or they're saying, I can't plan for that right now. I I don't want to know if I can retire in five years or next year or whatever. Um, They can't even, you know, for their plan A, they don't even want us to look at it. They, mm-hmm. but, but then we do get to it eventually right? and say, okay, now that your plan A is working, it's working. But remember, we hadn't dealt with the long-term care issue yet, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the numbers are staggering, you know, with the amount of, you know, the baby boomers. And yeah, do you think the government's going to take care of it? No. There's so many baby boomers who are going to be needing this type of care. I'm not sure how they possibly can. All right. Right. So Call the estate planning team for a free consultation. Make sure you come out to our May 7th free class. We have some great handouts included. 7 o'clock in Independence. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.